Thank you. So good evening, everybody. I have a question to start off the evening for you. How many of you in this room would consider yourself a worship leader? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, there's a few hands scattered throughout. But most of you sitting there thinking, no, I'm not putting my hand up. Why? Well, maybe I sound good in the shower, but put a microphone in front of my face, I don't think so. I mean, my fingers aren't that good on the guitar, the piano. I can't really hold a beat. No, not me. I'm not a worship leader. We'll save it for Erica or some other people that are more musically inclined, right? So for the vast majority of you sitting here in this room that did not put your hands up, how do you like to be led in worship? Because you're not a worship leader. So how, how would you, how do you get led in worship? Um, because you know a good worship leader, right? What do they need to have? Like a good voice, some good skills, some good connection with the worshipers, right? Some relational skills. Like how many of you would really follow a worship leader that was kind of saying, awaken my soul. Everybody sing with me right now. <laughs> sorry, sorry. How, you'd probably say, maybe let's find another church or go somewhere else. This is awkward. They're not leading me in worship, right? So you've got other things or other people that lead you in worship. What do you like? What's your preference? Miss... So some people have preferences, <laughs> right? Is it, is it the male voice? Is it the wailing guitar solo? Is it the flowing river or standing on the mountaintop? What leads you in worship? Is it Mr. YouTube or Mrs. Spotify? Is it Sir Apple Music? What leads you in worship? Who leads you in worship? Do you lead you in worship? Oh, you see where we're going, don't you? Now, why do I say that? Do you lead you in worship? Because, my friends, hear the word of the Lord. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is God speaking through the psalmist. And who is he speaking to? You? No, actually, he's talking to his soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Come on, Cliff. Bless him. Bless his holy name. Why? What has he done? What has he done? What has he done? This is Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God is calling you through his word to lead yourself in worship. That's where we're going tonight. To lead yourself in worship. Like, what? Me? But I'm not, I'm not that way. I'm not musical. I mean, worship. Yeah, I like to worship Friday night, Sunday morning, different times. But I like to paint. I like to do medicine. I like to play sports. Me? Lead in worship? Oh, yes, my friends. You are called to lead yourself in worship. Actually, 
If you ever had a thought that you could lead anybody else in worship, you must lead yourself in worship first. Or else we can't lead any others in worship. In fact, do you know what your calling is as a Christian? I'm not saying as a missionary. I'm saying as a Christian, do you know what your calling is? A worship leader. What is the end goal, the end picture that we will be around the throne of the Lamb, Revelation 7, 9? What are we going to be doing? Having a Bible study? Not specifically. We're going to be worshiping him, worshiping the Lamb. And what does Jesus want? Does he want converts all across the nations? Does he just want converts in Sudan? No, he wants worshipers. So you and I are called to lead the nations in worship. How are we going to get there if we're not leading ourselves first? Right? So we are called to lead ourselves in worship. Now, you might think, okay, I understand that from the Bible, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul. God's telling me, speak this over yourself. But why? I mean, why can't God just make me worship? I mean, why can't God just come with a a zap of lightning upon me, and all of a sudden I feel this warmth coming over me, and my hands begin to raise, and my voice begins to project. Oh, wouldn't that be great? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that day to come. When the Holy Spirit comes over me, watch out. Will I lead you then? But why should I lead myself in worship? Does that sound a bit human-centered? Well, let me explain it this way. How many of you have ever fed a little child, like a little baby? What I'm talking about, little, little baby. First time eating solid food, pushed up to the table. Maybe if you haven't done it, you've seen it happen before. So this little kid gets pushed up to the table in the high chair, and the kid has no idea what's going on, just sitting there. And suddenly the parent comes with the spoon, here we go. And suddenly, right? Oh, give it a few days, maybe a week. You push that little kid up to the table, and that little one knows the drill. Pushed up to the table. Like professional. I do this. I can eat pears. I can eat carrots. Oh, yeah, I'm good. And the parent, it's easy, right? Easy. But then the parent thinks, you know what? We've been doing this a long time. Let's try to teach them how to feed themselves. Let's let's try it. So the parent picks up the little kid's hand with the spoon, dips it in the food. The parent's holding the hand. Yay, good job! Everybody claps. The kid just fed himself. Not really. But... Let's let him think he did, right? And you go on that for a week or a little while, and then comes a day where the parent says, you know what? Just leave the food, leave the spoon, everybody back away. Let's see what happens. And the kid's sitting there like, seriously? You're just going to let me? Really? Okay.
And eventually they figure out it makes sense to get it in here because I'm hungry, right? I don't know if you can remember way back then, but did you ever remember certain foods that you really didn't like? What does the kid do? Maybe even before they learn to do it themselves, they're just sitting there, and here come the lima beans. What was that? Now, let's fast forward in your life from the little one at the table. And let's just say, okay, Christine and Marisha, first day of DTS, all right? First day of DTS. They come together. They meet each other. Think first day of school. Oh, it's exciting. We just met each other. I think we're going to be friends. And we have our first meal together. It's lasagna. Oh, so good. And salad. Somebody prays in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody digs into their food. Marisha's eating. Christine's sitting there. Marisha says, don't you like lasagna? And Christine says, yeah, I do. Can you feed me? And Marisha said, is there something wrong? No, 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 no. Can you feed me? And so Marisha gently cuts the food, stabs it, sticks it in Christine's mouth. Another, another, come on. Oh, this is so good. Feed me. Can you feed me? And now you would say, oh, we're so sorry. Oh, what happened in her life? So sorry. And yet, my friends, we can sit week after week in church Man, did you hear her voice? <laughs> what was he talking about? I mean, the guitar was a bit loud, wouldn't you say? I mean, I do like carrots, not beans so much. Are you with me? Why does God say you can do it. Lead yourself in worship. What is he really doing? He's saying, my son, my daughter, I do not want to leave you as a spiritual infant. I love you so much. Pick up your spoon. You can do this. So that you are not waiting your whole life for that moment when the lightning strikes you and you are on fire. And you're going to be waiting a long time. Because he won't do for you what he told you to do. Lead yourself in worship. You can do it. Now, how? How are we going to lead ourselves in worship? It starts here with the eyes. As in your vision of God. What are you looking at? What do you see, right? If the object of your worship is not clear, well, that's going to show how you manifest the worship or how you lead yourself in worship. If it's a bit hazy. So, take for example, in Mark chapter 10, there was a a rich young man that came to Jesus and said, "Good teacher." He literally saw God with his eyeballs. Now, you might think, if I could just see Jesus, I would be a rock star Christian. Like if I literally laid my eyes on him, no more doubt, I would be flying high in faith. 
you couldn't touch me. If I could see Jesus, well, here's a man. He laid eyes on Jesus, and he said, good teacher. Good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says this first to him. Actually, why did you just call me good? You know that only God is good. Do you see what Jesus was saying? Oh, pause here a minute. Did you just call me God, good teacher? Or, oh, am I one of those good people? Good man, wise teacher, rabbi. Who am I really? Anyway, you should keep all the commandments. And the rich young man said, I've done that. Mm-hmm. Looking at God in the face. Yes, I've done that. I've kept all the commandments. Well, you know, you lack one thing. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. If I'm really God, if I'm really the good teacher, you would drop everything, wouldn't you? But you see, the problem is, I'm explaining the story here. The problem is your vision. Oh, yeah, you're seeing me, but you don't actually think I'm God. You think I'm just a better version of you. So how do you see God? Oh, Jesus, can you give me a suggestion for my life? I mean, I'm doing okay. But, you know, if you have any wise words for me, that would be great. If you could fill me with warmth and a bit of cash or something and some good relationships. You know, if you could help me out, that would be nice. I mean, I'm doing okay. I'm a good man. You're a good man. We kind of get each other, Jesus. Sort of same, same. What would be the worship experience of that man? Do you see the rich young ruler walked away sad? Why? Because he was actually blind. Because when he looked at Jesus, he just saw a man. A good man. But just a man. What are you looking at? in your worship. Is he worth chucking everything? Get rid of everything and I'm with you. If you actually saw God, that would be the case. Well, you know what? In that same chapter, just a few verses later, Jesus is walking outside of Jericho and there was an, an actual blind man, physically he couldn't see, sitting on the side of the road. He hears Jesus is passing by. He just hears. And he calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd says, be quiet, don't shout at Jesus. It's improper. And what does he do? He cries out all the louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Jesus stops. Bring that man over. Now they get him, bring him to Jesus. Jesus says, what can I do for you? Lord, I want to see. And Jesus says, you know what? Your faith, your calling out, your screaming, your shouting made a difference. Go, you can see. And do you know what? His eyes actually opened up. But do you know the greatest miracle of all? He actually got to see God. Not just see. I mean, that's pretty huge. But he actually got to see God. How did that happen? 
What was the posture of this one? I got one shot at this. One shot at this. Here we go. Have mercy. Be quiet. Have mercy. Right? He was not going to let this moment pass. And his eyes opened up. The rich young ruler, though he could see, was blind. Blind Bartimaeus, though he was blind, his eyes opened. Vision. There was another man, a short man, a wee little man was he. Zacchaeus couldn't see. Also, because he was too short. So what did he say? Oh dear, I'm too short. I wish I could see Jesus but I guess I can't. No, he climbs a tree, a bit juvenile, a bit childish. Go climb a tree? What are you doing up at a tree? You're a grown man. Zacchaeus, come down, Jesus says. I'm going to stay at your house today. And the man's life gets transformed because he saw Jesus. So do you want your eyes opened up? I mean, you know Jesus, right? You know Jesus. You've experienced Jesus. You've worshiped Jesus. But isn't it possible that we could be bumping up against Jesus and in the crowd next to Jesus and yet not get touched by Jesus? Oh, but we're around him. We see things happening to a lot of people. And we've been in a lot of worship settings, worship services. And yet somehow we can miss it. He does not want us to miss him. So it's our vision first, our eyes. This is what he wants to affect. There was another man in the Old Testament that actually led himself in worship. And I would like you to turn there in the Bible, Psalm chapter 63. Psalm chapter 63. David the psalmist. And where is he? He is in the desert of Judah as he is saying slash singing these words of the psalm. Most likely, being in the desert of Judah, what is David doing besides being hot and thirsty? He's being hunted down by King Saul. So the king is after David, trying to kill him. Here's the setting. And David is hiding out in the desert. He is thirsty. He is scared. And this is what he sings. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. First step in leading yourself in worship, you got to see where's God. You take your physical circumstances right now. Maybe you're in a desert, maybe not. Maybe things are great. Maybe you're bored. Maybe you're distracted. Maybe you're on fire. You take your current circumstance and turn it into a longing to see God. The man is in a desert, right? Of all people, he should be able to complain and say, I am so thirsty. God, what are you doing? This is terrible. And you know, he's honest. He says, I am thirsty. 
But you know what? My soul longs for you, God. I want to see you, God. I seek you. Open my eyes to see you. I'm in a desert. There is something I need more than water. It's you. So you can turn your current circumstance. Leading yourself in worship is not stick a smile on your face and just be happy. Give me an hallelujah. Good. No, you're real about I'm in a desert or I'm in an exciting place, whatever it is, but you don't stop there. You turn it into a longing for God. It's all about our eyes to start, to start with. But then David goes on with his worship event. He doesn't stop with, God, I thirst for you, the end. He moves on into verse 2. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Now remember, where is he? He's in a desert, thirsty, being hunted down. Have you ever had that circumstance in your life? That might be a bit difficult to relate to, being hunted down. But let's put it this way. He was in a bad way. What does he do in verse 2? He calls his mind to remember. Think, think, think. When have I seen you? When have I seen your miracle? When have I known your provision? When have I seen your healing in my life? When was it? When have I experienced your presence in that worship time? When that person spoke to me? When was it? When was it? He recalls to his mind when he was in the sanctuary and he beheld the power and glory of God. Now, where is he? He's in a desert. What is he doing? He's leading himself in worship. It starts with the eyes. It moves to the mind. Remember, remember, remember. Actively remember. Now, can you, in this room, can you think right now? One moment of God's healing, God's provision, breakthrough, miracle, whether great or small, something that happened in your life. He spoke to you through the Bible. He spoke to you through a friend. Something happened. Wow, God is here. Can you think of that? Pause, think, think, share it. Somebody near you, go ahead, share it. Whether super great, profound, very small, Share what he's done. Can you do that? Just take a moment. Turn next to you. A miracle, a healing, a provision, a word from God. What has he done? Speak it out.
Okay. Sometimes when you have to think of something, your mind goes blank. I can't think of anything. But when you pause and you think, it starts coming. And oh yeah, oh that's right. Oh my, I can't believe this. This is the testimony of Psalm 103 that I started with. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Okay, think about this. What has he done? What has he done? Oh, he's forgiven my sins. That's pretty big. He's healed my diseases. He's redeemed my life from the pit. He's crowned me with love and compassion. Oh, he satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Do you see what's going on? He is actively recalling to his mind, start somewhere. Thank you, God, I have clothes. Thank you, I ate dinner. Thank you, God. And then it dawns on you. Oh, that's right, Jesus died for me. What have I been doing? What, how, how could I be so down in despair? Jesus is alive! He rose, right? And it begins to build, and it builds, and it builds. How does that build? Did you get struck by lightning? No, you just began to lead yourself in worship. It starts with your eyes. It moves to your mind. Oh, but we're not done. Psalm 63, verse 3. Where do you think it goes now? What does the scripture say? Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Where is this man? He is in a desert. And he is glorifying God with his lips. Do you know this thing on your face called your mouth is one of the most powerful tools of worship that you have? It is. And by the way, who told you you don't have a good voice? Who told you? Oh, you've got an average voice. Maybe don't sing. Let her sing. Who told you that? That was not God. For God says, make a joyful noise. God says, shout it out. God says, speak it out. God says, say it out. He says, declare, proclaim, let it go. We could do a whole study in the book of Psalms right now, but it would take a bit too long. And look for all the times where the declaration of the mouth is not suggested, but it's commanded. Why? He's calling you to lead yourself in worship. But you say, brother, I'm a private person, and I have a private faith. Watch me. I'm going to worship God right now in my quiet time. <laughs> Amen. That's my culture. That's my way. My friends... This is not a gender thing. This is not an age thing. This is not a culture thing. This is a Bible thing. Let us be grounded and founded in the word of God who says, let your lips glorify him. Get it out of your mouth. That's what he's saying. And you know what? You're going to sound awkward to yourself. Have you ever heard your voice on a recording? And you're like, seriously? That's me? Oh, man. You know what? 
get used to it. It's awkward. Get your voice out there. I want to encourage this in your life, in your desert, not just your desert, in your home, in the bathroom, in the shower, in the car, on the footpath. Get it out of your mouth. How are the nations going to know unless you tell them? Are you going to go into the nations and do this? And they're going to become a Christian because I smiled? No, they have to hear the good news, right? So you, my friend, lead yourself in worship. And as you do that, the nations will come to know Jesus. Because you're just being obedient to what he said. I want to encourage you, get it out of your mouth. What do you think the enemy's greatest strategy would be? It's not to scare you. It's to silence you. So why does he roar? The devil is like a roaring lion. It's intimidation. Be quiet. Sit down. You have nothing to say. Oh, maybe in 20 years when you've been a missionary, if you had a degree, then you could say something. Once you practice your prayer language, oh, then it's going to flow. No, he says today, where you are, your age, your country, your nationality, you speak it out. Lead yourself in worship. There is power in your proclamation. So speak the word of the Lord over yourself, like the psalmist says. Come on, Cliff, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let's do this. Praise him. You can do this. You know the little example I gave you before of, would you follow a worship leader that was saying, spirit of the living God, right? You would say, what are you doing? I can't follow that. What are you doing to yourself when you lead yourself that way, right? You don't follow you when you are leading. Because you're waiting for somebody else to lead you. You're waiting for that thing or that song or that pastor or that missionary or that experience to lead you, but it hasn't happened yet, so you can't worship. And he's saying, no, you can do this. Pick up your spoon. You can do it. But it doesn't stop with your mouth. Man, this guy David, he keeps going, doesn't he? Verse 4. Where is he? In a desert. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. The man's in a desert. I will glorify you. And I lift up my hands to you. I don't know what the guys around him were thinking. But he's got his hands in the air, in the desert. And you're thinking, that's awkward. So what inhibits your body in worship? Is it her eyes? Is it your own, uh, I don't want to look awkward. Why did he give you your hands anyway to worship him? What are your feet for? worship, and you thought it was just walking to the store. What are your knees for? Worship, surrender. Use your body as a tool of surrender in worship, like your feet. This is not about, 
I am preaching charismatic worship here. I am preaching Bible-style worship. Why does the psalmist say, and this is one little psalm, right? Psalm 63, one psalm. But you read the whole book. What is God speak out? I want your activity in worship, meaning I want your eyes, I want your mind, I want your mouth, I want your hands and knees, I want your feet, give it to me. Is there a part of your body that you would not give to him? Like the rich young ruler. Like, oh, I'm not that way. My hands go up to about here. And I see somebody jumping up and down. See somebody shouting out. What would you not do with your body for the king of kings and lord of lords? Do you know what these instruments are? They are only tools of surrender in worship. Do you know what your hands are? The only tools of surrender in worship. God says, love me with your heart and with your heart and with your heart and only your heart. Eh. Love me with your heart, with your body, with your mind, with your soul, all of it, all of it. Give me, I'm, I'm worth all of it. Give me your hands. And David is doing this in the desert. You can do this. Not just the hands, but the voice, the knees, the feet. It's a full body experience. As you lead yourself in worship, you can do this. Pick up your spoon. He's calling you to lead yourself in worship. Now, look in verse 5. Where does the psalmist get to? He's having this crazy worship time in the desert. He's leading himself in worship. He did not have YouTube, I don't think. Right? It didn't look like he had this awesome worship team on the stage, and he's just, yes! No, he's in the desert, and he's actually super thirsty. But he is having an amazing time, so amazing that he says, my soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Like, this is not, I'm, gr- I'm gritting my teeth. I love you, God. I worship. See, I'm doing it. I'm worshiping him. I'm just going to be obedient right now. No. Oh, he's getting satisfied. Oh, this is good. Good. Where is he? He's in a desert. And his soul is getting satisfied as with the richest of foods. This is what you want, right? This is what you're hoping for in worship. That, oh, yes, he is with me. That you actually experience God. How are you going to get there? If you got the right combination of worship leaders here, or if you got the right playlist, or the right mountaintop, and oh, yes, he is with me. Or... If you would just lead yourself in worship, do you know the fruit? What's going to happen? Oh, deep satisfaction. And it's just you, and you're in your room. And it's just you, and you're walking at the park. You're in the oval. It's just you, and you're sitting on the train. You're on the airplane. And he meets you. Oh, he does that. Do you know what he says to you and me in Psalm 100? You, 
enter into my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. And sometimes we'd like to say, well, actually, no, God, you, you, you enter into my courts with thanksgiving. You enter in with praise, and then I'm going to be fired up, and then I can worship. So, God, you make the first move. And do you know what he says to you and me? pick up your spoon. You can do this. You can do this. I don't want to leave you as, a, as an infant thinking, I can never get close to God. I can never experience the richness of his presence unless I go there or that person comes to me or unless he moves in my life in this way. No, you can know this now. You can know this tonight, later. You can know this tomorrow morning, if you would but lead yourself in worship. Praise the Lord that when you were a little baby that you didn't try with the spoon and get it in your hair, throw the spoon down and say, I give up. Forget it. You could have. But aren't you thankful you didn't? And now it's like a no-brainer. Like, let's eat. Boom, and you do it. Why? You do it every day, many times a day, right? And it's like, oh, yeah. Can I feed myself? Oh, yeah. Can I lead myself in worship? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Where is he? Where is God? Where is he? Oh, that's right. You're here. This is a Friday night right now. I'm thinking weekend. I'm thinking I got this going on. God, I know all this other stuff, but I'm going to say it. I long for you. I want to see you. Have mercy on me. Open up my eyes. Because I've got this sense I'm like the beggar. I don't want to be like that rich young ruler. Open up my eyes. But I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to think, think, think. What have you done? Where have you moved in my life? Oh, that's right. You've healed me. You set me free. Breakthrough in my life. Thank you for Jesus. You died. You rose. And on and on and on. But I'm not going to stop there. I am going to speak it out of my mouth. Thank you, Jesus. But it sounded awkward. I'm going to say it again, right? Oh, you don't let people or the enemy stop your voice. You keep going, but you're not going to stop there. You're going to get your muscles moving. You're going to get your hands moving. You're going to get your knees moving. Oh, as long as you've got movement in your body, surrender it to him. Give it to him. And do you know what's going to happen when you do the possible and you do the very practical, it's like the dump truck of the blessing of God lands on you. I mean, it's not even, you can't even compare the little that you and I do. And then he's like, and you get dunked in the presence of God. You actually sense, whoa, he's here, he's speaking. You want to get clarity in your life? You want to get vision in your life? Lead yourself in worship. Do you want to get the weights lifted off of your shoulders? Heaviness, oppression, lead yourself in worship. Do you want to get clarity in what am I doing here? How did I land here? Lead yourself in worship. Oh, there are so many benefits, so much fruit, if we would just obey him at this. You don't have to wait for her or it to lead you. He's saying, you can do this. Do you want to lead you in worship?
do we want to obey God and take him at his word? He waits on our word. He waits on our action. We can do this.